Listener Production. The Last of Us, The Walking Dead, World War Z, Zombieland, Shaun of the Dead. I could keep going, but I think you get the gist. Zombies are everywhere in fiction, from movies to TV shows to video games and books. They're usually pretty hand-wavy about the actual science that's turned us into mindless, shambling, killing machines, but you might be surprised to know that there are actually some pretty gruesome examples of zombification in nature already. I'm Emma Perfetto, journalist at Cosmos, and today I'm running us through real-life zombies, from parasitic wasps and worms to single-celled organisms, fungus and viruses. Think of it as a bit of inspiration for prolific horror authors and scriptwriters, because at least to me, some of the scariest pieces of media are the ones rooted in reality. The first stop on our super fun and not at all distressing zombie extravaganza is parasites. These are organisms that live on or inside an organism of another species, its host. Nature is rife with examples of parasitic puppeteers infecting their host and inducing some pretty strange behaviour. One of my favourites is from a 2018 study which found a previously unknown species of wasp deep in the Ecuadorian Amazon jungle that could completely change the behaviour of a species of spider and turn it into a zombie-like drone. These social spiders are known for living together in large colonies where they cooperate to hunt and parent. Think Aragog and his giant Acromantula children just chilling together in the Forbidden Forest. But in a gruesome turn of events, scientists found that Satipota wasps lay eggs on the abdomens of these spiders, which then hatch into larvae and start feeding on the spider's haemolymph. This is their arachnid version of blood, which, instead of circulating through veins and arteries, flows freely inside their body cavities. The larvae finally take complete control of its body, hijacking the spider's brain to trigger some unusual behaviour. The researchers don't know yet how the wasps manage total control, but they're exploring whether it might be caused by the wasp larvae injecting hormones into the spider to alter its behaviour. The result is that the spider does something it would never do on its own, straying away from the colony and building a densely woven, cocoon-like nest where the larvae can grow into adult wasps safely and devour their host in the process. This next parasite leaves an icky feeling in my stomach. Gordian worms, also known as horsehair worms, are long, thin, parasitic worms that are found in freshwater all over the world. The larvae bore into the body of a host. Initially, other larvae in the water, which then get snatched up and eaten by unfortunate insects, like grasshoppers or crickets. There, the worm grows inside the insect's body cavity, and it can reach as long as 30 centimetres, secreting digestive enzymes from their skin to absorb their host body's nutrients. But if that wasn't spine-chilling enough, it gets worse. Despite avoiding water in all other cases, hosts infected with a Gordian worm will perform a deadly cannonball into the next aquatic environment and drown. Then the worm bursts out of a borehole in the host and swims off in search of a mate to reproduce, 
which starts the cycle all over again. How they manage this is not fully understood, but researchers believe the worms produce molecules that act on the development of the central nervous system in their host. Our nervous systems have chemical receptors, so by producing chemicals that act on those receptors, parasites can alter physiological responses and behaviours. Now, we can't cover real-life inspirations for zombie apocalypses without talking about cordyceps. It's possibly the world's most infamous fungus at this moment, thanks to its starring role in the video games The Last of Us Parts 1 and 2 and the live-action adaptation released earlier this year. Cordyceps and Ophiocordyceps are genera of fungi that include around 750 species worldwide, most of which are parasitic and infect insects and other arthropods, like carpenter ants and trapdoor spiders. Infection starts when a fungal spore gets inside an organism, like an ant, and begins growing inside its body. This is when the ant's behaviour gets hijacked, prioritising its parasite's reproduction over everything else. It stops foraging for the colony and communicating with its nestmates, becomes hyperactive and wanders off on its own to find a high spot to climb up to. At this point, biting comes into play, when it chomps down on a piece of vegetation in a move called the death grip. The muscles in its mandibles then atrophy, locking it in place for the final throes of its life. The fungus consumes everything inside the host, killing it, then uses those nutrients to sprout a fruiting body out the top of its head. The spores form and drift off to infect more unwary hosts. How is this piece of horrid biology possible? Again, it comes down to secreted chemicals and their effect on the host's physiology. For example, researchers have identified a range of small secreted proteins which are increasingly produced by the fungi during that strange biting behaviour. These are thought to affect a range of processes in the ant, including immune responses, stress responses, and impairing the production of chemicals used in the communication between insects. Bringing it a little closer to home, there's a single-celled parasite called Toxoplasma gondii that infects the brains of our cats and ours too. A 2014 study actually estimates that up to half of the world's population is infected, though most of us have no symptoms. That's pretty alarming to contemplate, since Toxoplasma has been shown to change the behaviour of infected mice, becoming hyperactive and losing their innate fear of cats, and in some cases, even appearing to be attracted to them. There's evidence that suggests that toxoplasma infection might be linked to personality changes in humans too. One study found an association with impulsivity in younger men and increased aggression in women, while another found a positive association between national homicide rates and the prevalence of the parasite in the population, although correlation is not causation. And of course, this episode wouldn't be complete without mentioning rabies, the virus that inspired the zombies of the horror movie 28 Days Later. A rabies infection has all the right symptoms for a zombie. A compulsive need to bite, a fear of light, and mindless aggression. The virus is usually transmitted through bites and scratches from an infected animal, 
and it takes time to travel to the brain before causing symptoms, which is absolutely essential if you're going to have the requisite scene where a person tries to hide their bite but then gets progressively sicker until the group confronts them and finds out they're infected. This is the incubation period, which can typically last from two to three months for rabies but can vary from as little as a week to as long as a year, depending on where the virus enters the body and how much of it there is. Rabies progresses to the central nervous system, where it causes progressive inflammation of the brain and spinal cord, causing symptoms in two different forms. There's paralytic rabies, which occurs in about 20% of human cases. Here, muscles become progressively paralysed, and the person falls into a coma before dying then there's furious rabies, like your World War Z flavour of zombie, which causes irrational aggression, hyperactivity, hallucinations, and a fear of water and of fresh air. There are so many more examples of zombification in nature that I could just keep going on forever. But to end, I should mention one more thing. I've talked a lot about examples in nature that fit into some of the major themes of zombies, from increased aggression to a loss of autonomy, a compulsion to bite or ensure the spread of the parasite or virus infecting the host. But thankfully, there aren't any known diseases or afflictions in nature that can continuously reanimate corpses. So the undead remain firmly within the realms of fantasy. Thanks for listening to me moan on about real-life zombies. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out the Science Briefing, also here on the Listener app. And head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Heart Science Explained.